Welcome to another episode of Living Your Sparked Second Half. Today's episode is not what I originally planned to talk about, but it's something that came up this morning that I thought was worth sharing because my daughter, one of my daughters, I have two daughters, my younger daughter has a job working for a large corporation, which I will not name because this happens in a lot of corporations. You could plug any major corporation in for this one, but it's a very high stress job with a lot of responsibility and uh, a lot of work. And she had her first anxiety attack or panic attack. It was not good. And as a mom, we don't like to see our kids suffer and go through things, but they do. And She's 39, so she can, uh, she's a big girl, but you want to be there for them and you want to do what you can to help them. And she reached out to her sister and to me. And I shared with her some advice. I gave her some advice. And I can so see myself, my younger self in her. And what I hope to have provided her with was not just a mother's advice, which I, I've i given her my, my whole life, but yet my more evolved self over the last kind of four or five years of personal development, massive personal de- development growth and, and work that I've done. So it was kind of this perspective coming from that more evolved person that I am. And I thought this is something that I wanted to share on here so it might benefit others. So let me just share with you the advice I gave her. Listen in. Hi, I'm Lori Wright, also known as Not Your Average Grandma. I created this podcast as a place for women in their second half of life to go to to receive inspiration. If you are at a place where you believe your best days are behind you, it is my hope one of these episodes will spark you to think differently and lead you to a new belief that your second half may actually be your best half. I want you to stop seeing your age as a limitation and start seeing it as your superpower. You have years of experience and value that the younger you never had. So it's time to lean into that and use it to fuel your future. No more letting age or circumstances hold you back from the pursuit of a more fulfilling and fun life. The happier we are, the better the world will be. So instead of settling for what you don't want, how about going after what you do want? Listen in and let something you hear prompt you to take the first step in making the rest your best. So this morning, I got a message early from my youngest, and she was having a rough morning. And it's not the kind of message you want to get from one of your children, and of course, you immediately go into mom mode. And I had my own meeting that I had to start like in 10 minutes, but I did imme- immediately call her. And and then I said, I, I'd call her back. But uh, she had just suffered her first panic attack and it was, was being caused by just overload, just mental overload, physical overload, too many things on her plate. She's got, uh, she's a mom of two kids, just moved into a new house. 
and she's juggling lots of things, uh, trying to get her house in order, and it's uh, overwhelming. And she had this panic attack because she had reached the point where she was so overwhelmed she didn't even know what next step to take. Like, where do I begin? My my to-do list is so long. There's not enough time in the day and everything's the number one priority. And I've been in that kind of job. It's not fun. <laughs> and it does take a toll on us, not just mentally, but physically. And when you have an anxiety attack, and this I've learned through the study of the brain, uh, I am a former panic attack, I, what, what do you call it, survivor? <laughs> I have had full-blown panic attacks at work before. And the worst thing about panic attacks, now she is working from home, she's remote, so that's a good thing. This was in the day when you were in the office when I had mine. I had a full-blown panic I, in front of other people. When I had my panic attacks, I probably had four total that I can recall in my work place. And I know three of the four were in front of other people. Yeah, all actually, one was it during an interview, a job interview. I had a, a panic attack. Uh, and then one was, I was interviewing somebody for a job. <laughs> I was the manager hiring somebody. I had a panic attack. Another time I was in a conference room full of people. I had a panic attack. Another time I was doing a presentation in front of a group, group of people and I had a panic attack. So I remember them. And it's like, it's the worst thing you can possibly imagine where you have no control. And you can't breathe and you're going to physical like heart palpitations and sweaty hands and all that. So anyways, I feel that when you have an anxiety attack, and I've learned this about the brain as well in my study of the brain, that, well, first of all, the study of the brain, it's it's a, a nervous system it's it's an attack on your nervous system and your your nervous system goes into this fight or flight mode it's it's like the the worst case scenario of life or death that's just being invented in your in your head but it's an escape it's it's a the way that your brain kind of escapes because it can't handle what it's facing so that's kind of what's going on in the brain but what i feel is an anxiety attack is ultimately a sign from your soul that you are on the wrong path and that something needs to change. So that is your body because we, we always try to logic our way out of things. So we always, we have this analytical brain that is always trying to figure things out and talk us out of the things that, in the body we know we need to do. And so I think an anxiety attack is a perfect example of that. It's like your logic brain just pushing, pushing, pushing and forcing you to continue doing the thing you're doing that is making you miserable 
and your body is fighting that and freaks out about it. And so my advice to her, and it's hard to tell somebody that your soul is telling you you're doing the wrong thing because in that moment, you don't see an option. You feel very, very stuck. Because if you didn't feel stuck, you wouldn't have a panic attack. It's just the, the most complete case of stuckness. So the three things that I said to her, and I hope that they, they sunk in to some degree because in the moment, it's hard to hear. I asked her to get quiet. I said, before you do anything, spend 15 minutes just being quiet with yourself because you know the next thing you need to do. And if it's if you're struggling and overwhelmed with not knowing what the next thing you need to do is, just get quiet and you, you the knowing will come. So I'm not sure if she took that advice. Uh, she probably just jumped right into the next thing. But that's the first thing I told her. Before I told her that, though, I told her to take three deep, deep breaths. And I coached her through these deep breaths because sometimes people, when they, you say, take a deep breath, they go, <laughs> you know, they just like kind of take the surface breath. That's kind of like a, a mouth breath or a chest breath. It's not a full belly breath. So when I say a full belly breath, you want to feel your belly and you want to feel your belly expand because that's your lungs filling, filling up. But you want to feel your belly and you want to feel your belly blow up like a balloon. And then you want to breathe out deep with your mouth. And it's, it's nothing that's short and quick. It's, it's extended. It's deep, at least count to four on the in breath, hold for four, and then four on the out breath. So just if you're in that situation, that's the first thing you do, take deep breaths. And the second thing, just get quiet for a few minutes. But the three things that I told her, mom's advice, number one, the world will go on if you stop. The world does not end because you can't get your 104 tasks on your list done. The world will not end if you don't get that email to the product marketing team for review by five o'clock. The world will not end if you miss a deadline. We think it's the end of the world. We put this pressure on ourselves, especially those of us who are high performers, high achievers, perfectionists, pleasers. But the world will not end. And I asked her, I said, God forbid this would happen, but if you were to get in a bad accident or somebody you, you love, like one of your kids or your husband, in fact, somebody that I know who I was in my neuro coaching program with, her daughter just had a cardiac arrest and almost died on the soccer field five days ago. 
her world stopped. But the world did not end. The world went on while she was by her daughter's bedside and has been for five straight days. Her company will continue. So put it in perspective. The things that we put such a huge importance on that cause us to have high degrees of stress and anxiety don't really matter that much in the bigger scheme of things. So put it into perspective and take a deep breath. And, and, and when I say the world will go on and you can miss a deadline, you might be thinking, oh my God, I can't miss a deadline. But what you need to do is set boundaries, communicate. Don't try to be superwoman and do it all. I think that's one thing, even though I did have my panic attacks, one thing that I, I think my panic attacks were mostly caused because I was on the wrong path and it was a sign that was telling me get on the right path. So, but I think what you can also do if you're in overwhelm, if you're, if, if perhaps overwhelm is, is contributing to the panic attacks, what you can do is sit down and say, I can't do this. If if you're a valuable person to your boss, which I'm sure she is, to your company, they don't want to lose you. And so you have to come up w- with a solution with your company, with your boss, an alternative. And part of that setting boundaries. I cannot work past 5 p.m. I cannot do all of these tasks. We need to delegate them. We need to hand some of them off to someone else. So it starts with setting boundaries and communicating what you need to reduce the overwhelm. And then you can start working on the right path. But the first thing is get the shit off your plate so you can be less overwhelmed. So that was number one. The world won't end. Put it in perspective because tomorrow the sun will rise whether you're there doing your tasks or not. And if you're not there, someone will find a way to get them done if they're that important or they just won't get done. Maybe an email won't get sent and maybe the person who would have received the email will be happy because they didn't get so much spam in their mailbox. Number two, I said, and I think this is something that's really powerful for moms. The ripple effect is real, I told her. And normally when I speak about the ripple effect, I speak about the positive of the ripple effect, how when we step into the best version of ourselves, when we are happiest, it ripples out to our family, to the people we come across, even strangers that we meet on the street. We just emanate this great energy. But the reverse is also true, that when we are not living our best version of ourselves, when we are overwhelmed, when we are stressed, when we are having anxiety attacks, we are robbing 
the people we love of the best version of ourselves. My energy level didn't go to positive when I got that message from her. And I'm not complaining, saying, oh my gosh, my daughter like brought my energy down. I'm not saying that, but I am saying that when we get into these places of low energy and low frequency that we're vibing because we're in these the state of anxiousness and overwhelm it's all internal to us we don't we can't we don't recognize that it's emanating to others we don't realize that our kids are watching they're they're being affected by what they see and what they feel. And so as a mom, and she's a great mom, so much better than I, patient and and loving and creative and just the best. But I know that she's not being the best mom when she's having anxiety attacks, when she's miserable in her job, when she is really on the edge of a nervous breakdown from overwhelm and being misaligned and what she's supposed to do in this world. I, tr I truly believe I felt this for a while, but you can't there as, as a outsider, you can suggest, but the person that is going through the life that they're living have to figure it out on their own and they have to get to the point where they're ready for that change. Maybe this is, maybe the time's coming for her. I don't know. But I know one thing that she's always wanted to do ever since she was a little kid was write. She even had an outline for a novel when she was around college age and was really excited about it. It was a time travel book with amazing characters and, that's something that I hope one day she does. And I think she'd be an amazing writer. She used to sit in a in our laundry room, which a furnace room. We had a computer, a spare computer in our furnace room when she was little. And she used to go in there and just make up stories and type them on the computer when she was, gosh, probably eight years old, 10 years old. So I know that it's in her. I know that it's something that uh, is kind of a natural gift that she has. Uh, and that it lights her up when she does it. So the ripple effect is real. And that was my point of the second piece of advice I gave her is it's affecting her husband. Her husband, I'm sure, is worried and seeing her not happy. And so the ripple effect, when when you're, the change is positive, is amazing but it's also bad when you're in a state like she was in this morning. And even though the anxiety attack, attack lasted a very short period of time, it's the whole way she's showing up in the world as, as not happy uh, and not enjoying what she does. We spend most of our life in our jobs that we do, 
if you're looking at a corporate environment, so you're thinking, you know, nine to five, obviously there's overtime when we have deadlines and she's seriously probably putting in some overtime here. Um, so you're thinking about how much time of her life is being spent doing things for a purpose that she is not aligned with, that she's not passionate about. She's just going through the motions for a paycheck. And and that's what she's rippling out is that unhappy energy. And number three, and I, I don't know that so much advice, but just, you know, a statement. I said, uh, if you don't change, change. And this was more around the, like, what the world will go on. And what if you have an accident? Because I believe that if you don't change, change will be forced on you. That the universe is always trying to drive us to the correct path. And so you'll get, have some kind of crisis in your life. And sometimes, often, it's a health crisis. Because when you have an anxiety attack, what's what that's doing to your nervous system is creating a very stressful internal chaos so you have chaos going on inside of your body and it's not good <laughs> it's not good bad vibration has really negative side effects on your health put you into stress mode fight or flight puts you into stress mode and you you can if stress is temporary you, you it's it's okay but if it's permanent stress it will take a toll on you and i've had people on this podcast that have gotten really sick had heart attacks uh gotten autoimmune disorders a uh, lot of things can happen and so when I say when if you had a, a bad accident, the world will go on, well, that ultimately might be what happens if you don't do something about it. If you don't choose to change, it could very likely be forced on you. And then it's not within your control at that point. And I don't think any of us would want that to happen, but we allow it to happen because we push off dealing with what we need to deal with and we choose not to change. We just choose to continue and tough it out and buckle buckle under the stress and not communicate, not set boundaries and all those things. But when you don't change, usually why you don't change, and I only say this from experience because I stayed in a very unhappy place for a long time. But what happens when we do that is we only see one option. We don't see the options that are available to us because they're not within our realm of possibility. And one of the things she said to me was, as I was saying about your options and think of it, you know, you're, you, you have 101, 104, however many she said, she said she had these, this, this number of tasks uh, to get done and 
and you don't have time to do anything else. So to think about changing anything, to th even think you can sit quietly for 15 minutes, you just don't think that that is possible. So looking for another job and finding a job isn't possible either. Either, And you can't find the job you want because you're in that frame of mind where you're probably hating, you think any kind of corporate job is going to suck. You just can't see something that is a viable option. And so that keeps you in, in the stuck place. So she sees this one option of continuing as as is and just getting her tasks done. But of course, more tasks will get added. She checks one off, another one gets added on. So it really is an endless cycle. But she said, well, I have to stay a year because that's when I get vested in my 401k. And it's such an interesting view that, or mindset, because we have infinite options, but we're so zoned in on one and we're not spending any time or allowing for any time to contemplate because her daytime is filled with so many tasks she can't get done and her nighttime is filled with taking care of her two boys and what's left is for her husband. So when is the time really to sit and contemplate any other possibilities? We put that last on the priority list when it should be first on the priority list. And so what I said to her when she said that is I said, yes, but what if you could be spending the next year doing something you loved instead doing something you hated? What if you could have a job that paid you more money than you wouldn't have to worry about the damn matching for your 401k? What if you were building skills that lit you up in that next 12 months? So I'm going to choose a little bit of money that because with 401k the company matches a certain amount and then you have to stay a certain amount of time to get vested that's why they call them golden handcuffs stock options and you know vestitures from like 401k's matching funds it's it's very similar employee stock options employee stock grants i've been in that situation and it's a trap it's a trap to keep you stuck. And so we have that logic mind that keeps you like in the same place and not moving towards what makes you happier. What if? Just let your mind go there. She's not even able to create the vision of what would be her ideal job. And then we had this conversation. I had this conversation with my husband because we were talking about it. And he said, well, some people just can't. 
And I said, no, 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 that's not correct. They only can't because they don't know what the possibilities are. So they're stuck in the reality of their circumstances. And there is a way out. Creating that vision of what you desire and believing it's possible. And it's that simple, but you have to get the headspace and the heart space to do that. And so when I say the headspace, you need to clear your mind, you need to quiet your mind, you need to get out of the busy, and you need to start listening to what's coming up. You need to start feeling what feels good. When you get quiet and you start to listen, you listen for the things that make you feel good. You listen for the things that make you happy. You don't, you, when you, when you're in that space of quiet, you're not thinking of the things that are making you, I want to feel miserable. I want to feel, I want to, you know, the future that makes me miserable. No, what, what, when you get quiet, you go to the place in your heart that makes you feel good. And if you start to get into your headspace when you get quiet about the past of what you did wrong and what you uh, shoulda, coulda, woulda, uh, that's not the where you want to go. You just want to get to the present of the feeling and what feels good and what could be possible for me if I allowed it to be possible. And you start to let your mind wander. And when your mind can wander and not get stuck in the past or the or th- believing that something isn't possible for you in the future, if you just let your mind wander into the what would feel good space, your mind starts to come up with great ideas. And don't let your logic get in the way of that. And then just for kicks, write down what comes up and think about it a lot. And when you think about it a lot, guess what? That's when you get the phone call from an old friend that you didn't expect that has this most amazing job that you never thought was possible. So don't shut off the creative aspect of you that many of us are blocking because of the hamster wheel life that we've gotten. We've gotten on this just rotating hamster wheel, running on it every day, running from one task to the next. And it has caught up with her. Today, it caught up with her in a big way with an anxiety attack. I feel strongly that this is just a message from her soul that is guiding her. And it's telling her, you need to take this fork. She's a train and there's a fork and she's got to take that fork because if she doesn't, the other fork 
if she stays on that, well, I guess, I guess the best analogy is a fork that's off the main track, because if she stays on the main track, it's going to turn into a runaway train and it's going to turn into a train wreck. And I can't do anything else as her mother, but just support her and just continue to, you know, give her advice and say, what is this teaching you? What are you learning from this? And get her to take some deep breaths. Think about the ripple effect. Let her know that the world won't end. And remind her that that change is possible. Positive change is possible. But it has to come from her. And we'll see what happens. Uh, this is my my mom's advice for the day. <laughs> and I know I'm not your mom, but maybe it helped you. So on that note, we'll close. And I hope you have a great weekend. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into the Living Your Spark Second Half podcast. If you'd like to watch my guest interviews, you can find the video version of this podcast on my Not Your Average Grandma YouTube channel. Also, you can check out what I have going on at the moment by going to my website at notyouraveragegrandma.com or find me on Instagram or Facebook at Not Your Average Grandma. If you like this episode, please mention it to a friend and don't forget to leave a review so I know the topics you like best and can bring you more of that content in upcoming episodes. Last but not least, remember to always listen to that inner voice that will never steer you wrong and make living from the most sparked place possible your biggest priority. When we do that, we make the world a better place.